0: You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast episode number 50. Figuring out your footing in business can be challenging. Things can change. You can decide to pivot into a different niche and you have to deal with the dreaded thing of setting boundaries and saying no. Today, I have with me Ashton Brooke, who is a wedding photographer and entrepreneur educator. She was a case manager in social work who was underpaid and emotionally drained. So today we talk about ways to help prevent that, what to do, what not to do, and how to navigate social media in a time that feels like we need to be married to it every minute of the day. Spoiler alert, which isn't true. But we've got some thoughts around that that we'll talk about and address later in the episode. So if you're feeling aligned with any of these things, you're in the right place for today's episode with Ashton.
1: You're listening to The Gold Biz Podcast with Rachel Traxler, a traveling wedding photographer turned creative business entrepreneur. Each week, Rachel brings you purpose-driven action to become the ambitious entrepreneur you are meant to be. We'll dive into topics such as life, business, failures and successes, and being the best version of yourself you can be. This is a warm and positive space for all creative entrepreneurs to come together, inspire, and grow. Because every day is an opportunity to shine here at the Gold Biz Podcast. Now here's your host, Rachel Traxler.
0: Hello, sunshines, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. Again, we have an awesome episode in store for you today. But first, if you're loving the podcast, make sure to screenshot and share to your stories so that I can see which episodes you're loving the most and also share the love in return. Now, let's get into it. Hello, sunshines, and welcome back to the Gold Biz podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. We have an awesome episode in store for you today. But first, if you're loving the podcast, make sure to screenshot and share to your story so that I can see which episodes you're loving the most and also share the love in return. Now, let's get into it. Ashton, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your knowledge, and I'm just really excited to have you on. Thanks, Rachel. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yay! First off, before we get into anything, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your background and all of that?
2: Sure. Okay, so I'm originally from the Midwest, and I went to school, got a degree in social work, and picked up a camera like on the side. And then about a year after my husband and I got married, we moved to Florida. And I really wanted to pursue photography as opposed to my degree. So like six months into moving to a completely new market, I just was like, I'm taking the plunge, as scary as that is. I'm just gonna go full time and see where this takes me. I had been shooting like a few weddings Back in Ohio and like sessions in between, just like figuring out what I loved shooting. So I feel like everyone in the beginning kind of just like feels it out and tries like families and couples, whatever. So I was totally in that same lane. And six months into moving to Florida, went full time, just went like full blown. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be my own boss and have my own schedule, have my freedom and flexibility and never looked back so I've been full-time since 2017 shooting weddings I really built my business in Florida but I did travel like every year since I've had weddings internationally all over us and now my husband and I are moving back to the Midwest so I'm now a Michigan wedding photographer which I'm really excited about but yeah that's kind of the brief synopsis I love that.
0: That's so cool. And you and I are really similar because I also from the Midwest, I took my photography full-time in 2017 as well. And also I said, just haven't looked back. I don't know about you, but when I went full-time photography, I made that transition. I didn't really have a, like, I guess a game plan or I didn't really have a plan. I didn't have a plan B. Like I just went for it and I said, I'm going to make it work. Like, I don't know
2: how yet, but I'm just going to do it and I'm going to make it work. But what was that transition like for you? Terrifying. I also didn't really have a plan B. Like I knew yeah. I could quickly really fall back on my degree, but that's not what, like my heart was just not in it. So going full time was, I, I think it, it, that year too, I don't know if you felt this way, but photography was kind of saturated, but it's not as saturated as it is now. So, I didn't see as many people like in my peer group or just locally doing what I was doing. That makes me sound like so old, but (laughs) I just was like, this feels scarier because I don't have like as many people surrounding me doing the same thing. So, I think that was a little scarier, feeling like I'm not sure who to lean on as a friend. But yeah, I think financially, what was scary for me was. I wasn't technically making a full time salary or hadn't replaced my salary at the time I'm going full time. And I obviously like my husband was working. And so we had, you know, his income to kind of lean on in that awkward transition time. But there's something that I look back and I realize is that your business, when you want to go full time, it really requires that full time energy that you've given to your other day job and to to really be sustainable, you have to just say like, look, I can't not go full 40, 60 hours a week. My business requires this of me to be sustainable and really get like the the results of those hours and that energy you put in that then creates the results you want, like for your income, your bookings there is just that time where you're like, okay, I have to do it. I have to just put in the hours. Even though I don't necessarily see the income right now, I believe that it's going to happen and come back to me when I put in the work and I just dedicate every single day to this business. So, Yeah, I love
0: it. And I kind of resonate with all of that too. Just having that mindset as you're going into it too. And I know a lot of people, like their question is, If they're not full time yet and they want to go full time, their question is, do you wait until you match your salary or you feel comfortable with that or do you just go for it? And I feel like I have a, not a wrong answer, but an answer people probably don't want to hear because I didn't think about that. I just went for it. (laughs) And I was, like I said, I'll figure it out. I'll make it happen. But what are your thoughts on if people are, you know, they have a job now and they're growing their photography business. Do you suggest they kind of wait till they match salary or what does the income part portion of it look like do you think
2: well i think every situation is probably different if you are like living alone single you know your one income that i i've done coaching with some some photographers that was in that exact situation and it was terrifying for them but the income that they had to replace wasn't very much it was like kind of a part it was honestly like a part-time teaching position one of my friends and girls that I coached. And so I looked at her and I said, you are going to replace this income so much sooner than you even realize. But there's just the fear that's holding you back that like you get a paycheck every two weeks. And that comfortability is often what I think freaks people out. But in reality, when it is your plan A and you are dedicating every day, every week of the year to that job, like you really do make it work and you get creative, you get kind of scrappy. Like you just, I think that that passion and that fire for running a success business drives you. So to answer your question, I don't know if I can speak to everyone's unique circumstance and what feels right to them, but I do think you and I are tracking like the same idea here that you probably will never feel ready as far as like replacing a salary because if you have another job that's taking so much of your time and energy, your business isn't going to feel full-time. It's not going to feel the effects of your full-time energy. So that income, yeah, it's a really strange and I totally, you know, empathize with people how scary it is. But -hmm. just trusting the process really like when you lean in and you are so dedicated, you will find you will find the ways and the resources, the education to be full-time and stay full-time. And so it's really exciting. It's like a thrilling journey, don't you think? Oh my goodness, yes. I remember when I first
0: made that transition, I was just talking to my husband, Trent, about this because he also just recently quit his job to come work with me. And I was telling him, it just like brought back all these emotions of like that first week that I was Mm -hmm. home being full-time photography, I just felt like I was playing hook. Like I was si- big playing sick from school or like from work and that I shouldn't be at home. And I like didn't know what to do because usually I had structure in my day and now it's up to me what my structure yeah. looks like. And I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what to do. And it is such a, an adjustment and such a transition, but such a fun and exciting one. Cause like you set the tone for what you want things yeah. to look like. And like you were saying how Much you invest in yourself and like how much you decide to do, like you said, working all those hours and stuff like that. Like you put in the amount of work and the energy, and that's kind of up to you. And yeah, it just, I look back, it's just, it was such an exciting time.
2: It really is. I'm curious, did you invest in education before you went full time or more investment like after?
0: Definitely after, because I honestly didn't feel like it was that big of a thing back then. Yeah. I don't know about you, but. I don't even remember that being an option back when I was thinking about going full-time. I guess the only thing I did was a workshop. And, you know, the funny story about that is I won a seat to a workshop. Like, I won a free ticket to a workshop. And that ended up being a few months after I ended up quitting. But I didn't plan on quitting at that time that I won it. But it worked out really well. But I guess the workshop is the only thing. Like that, but other but any other forms of education, I don't know. I didn't really just didn't really know much about it, or it didn't seem like there was as many options for it right. back then. So I definitely invested in a ton of education after the fact, like after I went full time. and it was fine. But I think I was trying to build the foundation and the building blocks of me going full time by myself right away that what happened was I had to a couple of years later, once I did invest in education, I had to go back and kind of redo. Like rebuild my foundation, yeah. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Totally. Just because I didn't have that knowledge at the at that time, so which is fine. It just took more time later to like once I did learn the things, have to go back and rebuild, which is fine. But had I known about the things, I like maybe would have done it before. I don't know that maybe would have given me more, given me more ease. Being like, okay, I have this education and knowing that I can walk into this confidently, but. Like I said, I'm kind of an impulsive person. (laughs) And so Trent was the one that should just go full time. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like I didn't want to. And he kind of pushed me and inspired me to do it. And then like we were saying, once I did, I just didn't look back.
2: Yeah, I think I agree that even 2017, like education was not what it is now, which is amazing for photographers who are building, like you said, their foundation right now. I think the one thing I invested in was an editing course, which did teach me a lot about Lightroom, but I didn't invest in actual business knowledge until 2018. I may have done like one mentor session that year, but as far as like real solid business information, which I feel like is so crucial for going full time, well, anyone yeah. can pick up their camera and learn how to shoot well and edit well and, you know, direct families or direct couples or second shoot a wedding and really gain that skill but knowing how to sell yourself and price yourself market yourself I had no education on that and I was totally just flying by the seat of my pants and I think that's I think the benefit of people now who is, who are looking at going full-time or growing is if you have another stream of income that you can kind of lean on And invest in business education right now, you are setting yourself up way better than Rachel and I did early on. Yeah. I think that is a lot of reason to be confident going into full-time, you know, business owning.
0: Yeah. I always say that too. I'm like, you're going to make things happen a lot sooner or like a lot quicker than I did (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't have that, you know, when I got started and it doesn't sound like you did either. So yeah, I always say, yeah, things are going to happen a lot quicker for you than they did for
2: me. (laughs) Yeah. Which is awesome for other people. Yeah.
0: I also feel like, you know, as people are transitioning to full time or just even in the earlier stages of their business, in the earlier years, I feel like, and this is just common, this is general for just our industry too. There's a lot of rejection. And I feel like this is just in entrepreneurship in general. But how do you, or like, what advice do you have for people who have to deal with rejection and getting told no or clients not booking them and all this stuff especially as the they're in that transition into full-time or they're in the earlier stages of their business because I feel like a lot of people get really discouraged by that but I feel like it's just kind of a part of entrepreneurship but what advice do you have for people how to handle rejection? Okay friends I am so excited to talk to you about the newest sponsor of our show Batch AI. Batch AI is a software that is going to save you so much time editing And you know, I'm all about automation and efficiency and Batch. AI is able to process 1000 photos in one minute. I've personally been able to save time and money by using Batch. AI, which let's be real are always the two biggest goals in life. And it's allowed me to not feel so burnt out with the amount of time it takes to edit an entire gallery by myself without hiring an editor. When you sign up for a free trial at Batch. AI. You'll get access to so many amazing tools that help make editing easier because of the power of the AI technology and seamless automation to your Lightroom workflows. It includes sorting, color correction, straightening, and tool replication. And Batch AI will help you get back to doing the fun and impactful part, which is connecting with your clients and taking pictures. They also have flexible subscriptions for moving up, down, or pausing at any time Depending on your season, which is absolutely key for busy and slow seasons, Batch AI will help you turn your editing session into basically a stretch break with these three simple steps. A huge thank you to Batch AI for sponsoring today's episode.
2: I think it's a really important topic because rejection happens to everyone, no matter if you think that person is the best, most successful yes. entrepreneur or photographer that you know, like they are getting rejected. Yes. It is like you said, it is part of it. The sooner that you can embrace it and take the emotion out of it, the sooner you will feel more stable, like literally mentally and emotionally stable about your business. And what's hard is I tend to think as creatives, we are just naturally more emotional about how our work is received or booked or like, you know, we attach a lot of emotion to what we do. And I, understand and I've totally been there what I would have wished for myself in my first two to three years is not seeing rejection as failure but knowing like if I don't book that wedding there is something more important for me that date that I have no idea and sometimes what's more important for me (laughs) that Saturday in June or something is just to be at rest and to not be overbooked because. So much more goes into just shooting on a Saturday in busy season. You know, it's the preparation, it's the editing, the workload, all the things that are involved, sometimes the travel. And I have in the last probably two to three years of business had such a different outlook on rejection because I've been in scenarios where I've like I had an opportunity to book a $20,000 wedding weekend. And I basically got second place to this other photographer and it was the best thing that I did not get booked for multiple reasons. And I didn't have that viewpoint at the time, but I ended up getting to go to Mexico with my husband and enjoy like a full Thanksgiving weekend with like his family after. And I just had no idea why. I didn't book it, but once that weekend came around and I was free and my schedule wasn't, you know, booked up, like it was so much better. And, you know, come to find out the wedding was crazy and it was stressful and it was not as like amazing as it sounded when the inquiry came in and things like that. So I just have learned to really like be fluid to know that the right things will come and the wrong things will not be on my calendar and to receive to receive that and just be like you know what's gonna happen what's meant to happen will be and then the i'm not like distraught or i don't feel like a failure if i don't book something it's like okay there's a reason this is part of it and i'm just gonna stay like open to what's meant to be for my schedule so that would be my advice is take the emotion out of it as soon as possible it is not a reflection of who you are as a person as a creative there's often just other reasons that we can't see in hindsight. What great advice.
0: That was an awesome answer. And it's so I just agree with everything you said, you just said, it's awesome. And especially like you said it best, like, you know, us as creatives, we typically are more right brained, you know, where we lean into that emotional side of things. And we have to kind of, like, take that out a little bit when people don't decide to book with us, because That's not like you just said, it's not a reflection on us. It's not a reflection on our business and all of that stuff. And just being okay with knowing exactly like what you just said, Ashton, that either something better is coming along or it was intended for rest and that there's just a reason behind it. And I agree with you. Like, as soon as you can kind of take that emotion out of it and not let that reflect on yourself and your business and don't let that beat you up, I think just the better. I don't know. I feel like I've always been personally me kind of okay with not booking things, which I don't know how that's not something I've worked on or anything, but I think it just is one of those things. Like you were saying, it's like, oh, now I can do this. And, or now I have the more, more time to do this or something else is going to come along. Or, you know, I can use that downtime now to fill with something maybe that will help my business or something like that. Um, and there's just a lot of different ways to approach it. And I just think you, you absolutely said it best. And I know it's easier said than done because I do think us as creative entrepreneurs, we tend to be a little bit more right-brained. We tend to be a little bit more emotional and invest, emotionally invested into our work and tie our work into our value a little bit. And like you just said it best, like the quicker you can take that out of the equation and just disconnect those two things the better you're going to be. So that was an awesome answer. I love that so much. Yeah,
2: I think too, if you look at everything as growth opportunity, if I could have done something better in the early years, I'm thinking like when every client, potential client call is an opportunity to grow or learn how to be better, you know, it's not a failure. If you can look at it and be like, okay, you know, I didn't get that. And ultimately there's a reason, but maybe what could I have done better there? Or how can I do better next time? How can I communicate my value better? Things like that. Just look at it and be like, is there an opportunity for me to learn here and grow here? And if so, like that is a success. If you can change the way that you view, you know, not getting booked as like, okay, there's a reason. And if I can grow from this, then I'm better off. I'm going to be making myself a better business owner that is in my book, total success.
0: Agree. I think that's the best way to look at anything at all. Like hard client situations, not booking things, you know, things going wrong at weddings or wrong within communication, all that. I'm just a big advocate for how can that make you a better business owner and you a better entrepreneur, like running things. And I'm so with you on that. I agree with you completely on that. It's just, it's a really good way to take it upon yourself and put on your big girl pants and say, all right, how can I make that better for my business and for my clients in the future?
2: Yeah. Honestly, just expect rejection, expect to not get everything. And you will be generally just happier business owner. You won't feel so distraught after every time you don't get something. And it's honestly, Rachel, it's just statistically, you are not going to book a hundred percent. If you're booking a hundred percent of your inquiries or events, like you are so underpriced or you're not like yeah, down yeah. so it's like it's such a good thing to not get booked because you shouldn't book a hundred percent. So that is truly the ebb and oh. flow of bookings in general. Exactly. And I always
0: ask my students, I'm like, well, what's your booking conversion rate? And like if it's high, I'm like, okay, it's time to something's gotta change. Yeah. <laughs> like we got a little bit lower because you know what I mean? So that's exactly it too. So then, like on the flip side of that you know, when you do have clients or you do are getting all these clients, but maybe they're not your ideal clients. I know like when you're first getting started or just back in those like earlier years, what is your advice for like, if you have trouble saying no, or just not taking clients that you don't feel aligned with, what advice do you have for how to say no?
2: Yeah, I think it's really, really hard in the beginning Especially when you're yeah. so focused on making a full-time income that you will take about any job that comes your way. I remember once I got a like car dealership asking if I could take photos for them or something. I don't remember what they needed, but I remember like briefly considering it as another job and I was like, wait a minute. This has I am not even qualified <laughs> to take like car photos and it is so out of my lane. It's not what I want to do. And so my advice for people in those earlier years or early stages is know what, if you know what you want to do, if you know for sure you love weddings and that is what you want to focus on and become an expert in, then you have to like kind of keep the end goal in mind. And these side shoots that just don't fuel your passion will burn you out. I have been so resentful toward myself in a season where I was so booked. I was doing family mini sessions because I thought I had to do family mini sessions. And they were horrible. I hated them. I just was like, this is not what I want to spend my time doing. And I think I lost sight of like, what is it that I want to be an expert in? The more you can niche down, the more value you're able to market yourself with. And, you know, specifically in weddings, it's like people are paying a lot of money for wedding. Like if they have the budget that you want for your bookings, like you have to be an expert in or present yourself as a wedding photographer, like not a jack of all trades, not that you can do everything. People who are looking for a wedding photographer want to see that you know what you're doing and you are ready to handle whatever their wedding might bring. And so to market yourself specifically as a wedding photographer is going to bring you the the most success and the more conversions because people will trust you more when they see that that's really your niche. That's really like you're thriving. So I give advice typically that you can shoot other things. I wouldn't necessarily market them like on your website or maybe even on your Instagram if that's where you're getting a lot of leads. To be niched down as much as possible in the end like will create more profitability for you. And also you'll like yourself better. <laughs> I know it's hard to turn down money. I know it's hard to say, oh, but I could just make a quick $300, $400 doing this. Your time is valuable. And I think, you know, a ton of people get so burnt out because they fill their calendar with just money opportunities instead of rem- remembering, like, what is my end goal? I like couples and weddings, and that's what I'm only going to take on. That's what fuels my passion. It's kind of, I think it comes back to you, like to fuel your artistic self when you stay in your lane and you remember what and to say no, you know, like I stopped doing family photos and. Like this year, actually, I'm done because I am not excited about them and I want to stay excited about what I'm doing in the long run. I'm not interested in burnout. I'm not interested in resenting myself for scheduling a shoot that I don't absolutely love. And so I just kindly say, like, oh, I don't actually do family photos, but here is someone I recommend. I think that's one of the ways that I would say no. That was a very roundabout way to get to answering your question.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. And isn't it so funny how like we do things because we think we have to? Because I remember doing that too, like family shoots because I thought I had to. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know where we get that in our head, probably just from seeing other people. And it's like, you have to remember to kind of like stay in your lane. And yeah. I, I completely agree with that too. And it is hard too, because when you're first starting, it's like, maybe you want to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And sometimes it takes you doing things you don't like to know you don't like them. But then once you know you don't like them, exactly what you said, Ashton, like try not to do that because it's going to lead to burnout. We don't want burnout so bad that you just don't want to do photography anymore.
2: Exactly. <laughs> because that's
0: going to kind of probably lead to that. So I think that's that's a really awesome answer. And then too, I'm thinking like, With that, like with saying no and all those stuff and all those things, like I was just thinking about like setting boundaries and stuff Mm -hmm. and setting boundaries with your business. So do you have any advice or tips for like setting boundaries in your business, but also without not feeling like you're kind of like missing out on things or like feeling like you have to say yes to every single wedding? Or just like boundaries in general? Like what advice do you have for just setting boundaries around everything like that we were just talking about?
2: I feel like it's a low-key loaded question because (laughs) it is a loaded, it's it's a high-key
0: loaded question.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Well, you tell me, I'm curious, like, did you learn from other people sharing how they set boundaries or did you learn typically like the hard way in all the boundaries you needed to end up setting for yourself? Absolutely, learn the hard way,
0: and because because I feel like everyone's got different thresholds for boundaries, so it's like no one can really tell you what your boundaries should be, but yeah. you, you know what I mean. That's so true. it's almost like you need to figure out what those boundaries are for yourself, because someone might be able to handle thirty weddings, some yeah. might be only might only be able to handle ten, or even like the type of client or like the amount of sessions or what times or what days of the week. And like, I remember too, and I was shooting every day of the week at any time doing Mm -hmm. all these sessions. And I was gone every night. I was gone on weekends for sessions. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. So like I readjusted my time. I'm like, I only do sessions on, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays or something like that. And like, that just is what it is. And obviously if like one of my couples, it absolutely doesn't work, like I'll change it. But, you know, it's something like that where I just feel like, You know, almost you kind of have to figure out your own threshold almost.
2: Well, I like what you said about how someone else might shoot 30 weddings a year and that is their threshold. I know for a fact we are constantly comparing ourselves, especially in the early years where you're like, oh, this person's doing that or they're constantly booking, they're constantly shooting and you can really get in your head about how much work you've taken on. It is so different for everyone, and it's kind of only your business to know. Like, what is my threshold? What's my boundary around work hours? How many shoots a month? How many weddings a year? And it is a little bit like trial by fire. You have to sometimes go through the point of like, you know, making the making the mistake of overbooking yourself to kind of find that like balance and that middle ground, but. Comparing yourself is so unhelpful because everyone else's circumstances are different. That other person may actually have another job and they can't, they just physically cannot take on the same as someone who's full-time or someone who maybe doesn't have kids or, you know, whatever the situation is, your boundary is for your health and for you to stay excited and balanced as much as possible in your business and in your schedule and so my advice would be you know really set a goal i think i see a lot of people say i want to book x amount of weddings per year and my question is where did that number come from i would say do you have a financial goal and if you can hit your financial goal as opposed to just a number i think it helps people balance themselves more than just trying to reach a certain number that they threw out i see that a lot It's like oh i wish i was like booked at 20 weddings but i'm like yeah but what do you want to make like what do you want to profit this year and how can you disperse that income goal amongst weddings and sessions as opposed to just maybe setting yourself up to feel bad about yourself because you didn't book that many weddings To me, I think a lot of people miss the mark on having an income goal as opposed to just throwing out a number of weddings or sessions that they'd like to book.
0: Yeah, you are so right. And there's always, like you said, there's always a deeper root too for why people want that goal. So it's like, I always see people like, oh yeah, I want to make X amount of money. But it's like, but then why do you want to make that amount? What's that amount of money going to do for you? Like what's the goal, the deeper meaning to hit that number or to hit that number of bookings? Like there's always a deeper meaning. It's like when you can come from that place instead of just coming from like a goal to hit a certain number, I just feel like your mission is a lot stronger Mm -hmm. and um, I think you can just put more heart behind it too. And so I love like what you're saying with that. And I also like, it kind of reminded me as you were talking too, with people wanting to like compare and like book a certain number because someone else is. it kind of reminds me of like social media in a sense too like mm. oh I see so and so posting every single day or like how do they do that or like I should be posting every day and it's like that in itself is so different for everybody because you don't know what someone else's biggest lead generator is maybe someone else's big, biggest lead generator isn't even social media, isn't Instagram. Yeah. So therefore they don't have to post as much, or maybe someone, it, someone else's is Instagram. And so they do have to put more effort and they do have to be posting every day. And so maybe you can be posting twice a week and get the number and still hit the number of bookings that you want to book from that. And so maybe someone else is posting every single day and still not hitting their, their booking number. So it's okay. like, you also can't compare yourself to someone else on social media either with like how much they're posting and all of that stuff too. And that just kind of like rung a bell for me when you were talking about that too, with hitting bookings and stuff.
2: Yeah. I think that's really, man, I have been so up and down in my career with like how to show up on social media. And yeah, I feel like I'm actually in a much more balanced mindset right now where I'm like, if I don't have value to offer in my posts, like I'm done with the idea that I just need to do it every day for the sake of consistency or algorithm or engagement. Like I have gone, I've swung so hard both sides of like, I'm going to be, you know, posting every day. Just like finding reasons to post as opposed to being like in a healthy relationship with social media where I'm posting with value and intention not just for the sake of like adding to the noise, adding to the content that's online. And that is also a bound that I would offer to people that I know people are burnt out and resentful toward social media marketing. And I would just, I would challenge them to to look at the content they're putting out and ask like, is it valuable to other people? Is it educational for my audience? Is it helping my audience engage with me? And if it's not checking some of those boxes, like I totally, I know that we can post for fun or just like share our life totally fine and different from what I'm talking about. But I I think that you will have a healthier relationship to social media marketing because it is a big lead generation for me. So I am fairly consistent on it, but I've scaled back to tell myself like it's more valuable for me to post when there is a reason behind it and intention than just for the sake of putting something out there.
0: Yes, yes, yes to all of that. And it, you know, like you were saying too, it takes an adjustment to get to that mindset too. And just being okay with it and knowing that you don't have to just add to the noise just to add to the noise. And I feel like this is something that, like you were saying, I totally agree with Like I've kind of gone up and down with my you know, social media relationship and just how, how I feel it and viewed towards it. But I also feel like I have released any pressure on myself to, I don't have to show up every single day. Like I get to show up when I want to, like when you can reframe that, the wording and that mindset a little bit, not, Oh, I have to show up every single day, you know, like, no, like, Social media is a free platform and it is a very powerful tool for our business. It's yes, it can be like daunting, but it's been the biggest blessing for so many of our businesses. So it's like, it's a blessing. Like we get to show up on social media for free whenever we want to. And I think having that mindset has helped me a lot too. Whereas if I don't feel like showing up on like that day or anything like that, like I don't put pressure on myself. Okay, then I don't have to, you know? But I get to if I want to. And I think that kind of helped my mindset a little bit too.
2: Yeah, just the longevity of it. Like if you're going to do this for years, it is going to take and require you to really lean in. And I've just found like I have more integrity with myself when I show up in that way. I have more integrity in my business. Like we were talking about bookings and boundaries. I like myself better for the hard decision boundaries I've made, you know, here's an idea that I would offer is like, as you're booking maybe for next year, 2023, it's like, I want 2023 Ashton to thank 2022 Ashton. So whether that's the way I price myself, the amount of bookings that I have, the sessions I take on, the amount of travel I have per month, like I never want to resent last year's version of me. And that's been a good motivator to really consider be intentional about the choices I make in my business
0: That's a really good piece of advice too to just think about and to just for like the listeners even to just challenge themselves to think about. I really like that I think that's a really good that's really helpful and insightful yeah. for people okay so you have like your full-time formula can you give us like a little quick down a quick rundown and like what that is and kind of how you came up with it?
2: Yes. So I created this like kind of exhaustive business course for specifically for the people who are in that t- like place in their business, whether they are going to go full time and they're like on the cusp or they're new to running their business full time. I wanted to cover the the amount of topics and all the topics that I feel like really support sustainability and profitability in your business, which really are the two things that are required of us as entrepreneurs. So I created this course in 2020 and just really poured everything that I do for my business from client experience to marketing, to how I organize my business, how I do pricing and sales. Like I truly tried to cover everything that I do, the way that I view my business, my mindset around business, just all the things that kind of trickle out to what it takes to be successful and put it in like a video, like a self-paced video course for people. And yeah, I love it. I poured my heart and soul into it. It's like everything that I could offer advice-wise to people. And honestly, what I wish that I would have had for myself from the get-go of becoming a full-time photographer.
0: Yes, yeah, like we were saying, we wish we had these resources when we, when you and I were first starting. We'd be a lot, we would have gotten a lot farther, a
2: lot quicker, for sure.
0: Yep. <laughs> but hey, it's all part of the journey for us. It really <laughs> is. You know, I
2: and I, I was mentoring someone yesterday, and I was like, "Look, lean into the growth. Like, lean in and enjoy the process and the progress, because it is so exciting to look back and see where I've come from or where you've come from, and the more that you can." enjoy the journey and be proud of yourself the more you will like running your business the more you will be energized by running your business and I know people burn out and they resent it or it's just not what they thought and I'm like look you every single year Rachel you have changed I have changed we have you know developed our business improved our business and it's so fun and it's something we should be proud of and I think we just miss the chance to look at, look at our past and, and our, where we started and where we've come from. And it's really, really exciting. And so I would just offer that too, to your listeners, like don't miss how much you've grown since you've started. It's like really something to acknowledge and be proud of. I agree so much with that. It's such a beautiful
0: process and we're always growing as humans and entrepreneurs and all that stuff. So I think that is just an absolute like perfect perfect advice for people to like remember and lean into especially if they're in that season right now so I really really love that yeah what are what's like one final piece of advice that you would have for our listeners
2: Ooh. okay putting me on the spot I would say well I'm coming from like generally weddings from the wedding like industry but I would say to remember it is not about you And the more you can lean into this, we are in a service industry. And the more that you can put your clients above you and view their, like giving them 10 out of 10 quality, 10 out of 10 client experience, and that being your primary focus, not how can I grow my business? How can I use this to be seen or get more followers? Your love for photography will remain when you put your clients as top priority and not your business as top priority. And so that was kind of a hard lesson. And once I learned it, I was like, okay, I'm going to lean in and care way more about them and how I serve them than my growth, using their wedding as like a chance to grow myself and my business. Wow. Oh my goodness.
0: Best answer ever. As someone like myself, I'm just client experience, client connection is my absolute jam. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, chef's kiss over here. I'm like, perfect, perfect answer. I love it. Could not have been a better answer. <laughs> so I think it's something that we always, yeah, people lose sight of. And so I think that was yes. perfect. Mic drop. That was perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ashton, tell us about where we can find you and connect with you. Yeah,
2: I'm pretty much on Instagram. Um, my handle's Ashton Brooke, Ashton with a Y, not an O. And that's where I typically hang out. My courses are on my website, and I have tons of information on my Instagram highlights about them too. But that's pretty much where I am. I would love for your listeners to say hi, tell me they found me, so I can follow them back and just be Instagram friends forever.
0: Awesome! Yay! I will definitely make sure that that's in the show notes so that people can connect with you and. Thank you so much for being on today. This was such an empowering conversation
2: and just refreshing and I love it. And I hope you enjoyed having you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so pumped to be here and really humbled that you asked me. I know that your listeners just get so much value from you and your heart and perspective in business and photography. So please never stop giving them the value that I know that you give. Oh, thank you. You too. Right back at you. Thanks, girl. So there you have it.
0: How fun to just sit down and have a real conversation around our true thoughts of expectations around entrepreneurship. I'll make sure to attach all the links that we talked about in this episode in today's show notes. So make sure to screenshot and share to your stories what you learned today from this episode so that I can share the love in return. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. Keep shining and we'll see you next time. You did it. You're one episode closer
1: to elevating your business. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to head over to racheltraxler.com forward slash goldbizpodcast for the show notes and info on today's episode. Keep shining and we'll see you next time on the Gold Biz Podcast.